Hi, this is Design Lota, the podcast where we talk about life as Indian designers. I'm Sushi and I'm Angie. In our last episode, we bared our souls on what really gets us out of our comfort zone as designers and talked about the benefits of being in a not so cozy space. Hope you listeners had a chance to try something new and exciting over the past week. In today's episode, we are going places with Dino and Rohan, two designers with a passion for travel. Angie caught up with them over ice chai couple of days ago and then they went scuba diving. Well, metaphorically, we went scuba diving into all the reasons why it's a unique experience traveling with your design goggles on. How exciting. I feel like I'm about to go on a cross-continental trip. Well, put on this oxygen mask and we'll jump right in. designers who love traveling Dinudeh Baidya and Rohan Amonkar Hey guys Hey Angie Hi So first let me get the formalities out of the way and uh, hit you with the classic question Tell us about yourselves So uh, I am Rohan uh, I'm, hey. I'm a UI UX designer Mostly my work has been around uh, food and the restaurant businesses So okay. food is something I like so I kind of lucky that i've been doing work which is around food i design digital products uh, i also do a lot of branding work uh, i dabble a bit into uh, motion graphics and i also do a okay. lot of uh, photography okay yeah i'm sure you both are great designers but uh, what i want to talk to you guys about today is travel so where all have you guys been i have recently come back from uh, like the scandinavian countries which is norway wow. sweden and denmark so usually what happens is uh, i like to uh, go on a long trip every 6 months uh, hmm. so this time it has been the scandinavian part of the world and uh, before that i traveled with dino to japan then also been to thailand nepal been to tawang in arunachal Uh, okay also over like uh, at least i make a point that at least once in a month i traveled around like south india which is on on weekends hmm yes okay so in india uh, i have been to uh, uh, leh lahol and spiti in himachal pradesh i've stayed for a while in delhi which was nice mm-hmm. and then uh, uh, northeast of india a bit of arunachal meghalaya assam okay travel a lot uh, around bangalore i generally go for hikes and all i love kerala like it's one of the beautiful okay. places and uh, outside india mostly in bay area because work took me there and in japan with rohan okay that's really cool guys so thank you for making me feel like uh, you know i haven't seen the world <laughs> <laughs> so so when you guys travel what are the activities you plan for how do you explore a place yeah so uh, when traveling around india uh, usually i don't plan at all Okay. The thing is that usually it happens in the last minute, so there's no plan, plan as such. Uh, not even like most of the time there's not even hotel book. Mm-hmm. When I uh, plan international trips, so that time I, I have to plan because uh, usually for visas you need to show a detailed itinerary and all this. At least for Indians, mm-hmm. so I, I I make a plan and also international trips usually I go for not more than fifteen or twenty days. So I make sure that I visit as many places and it becomes if you plan then your your time is more efficiently. Like, can carry on all this so, so i planned for international trips but for india no planning at all uh, for me whether it's international or india i do a little bit of planning okay in the sense that still very vague but uh, i have hmm. this main idea like why i am going there and i plan things around it but it won't be like 10 things it will be like one main thing and i'll plan things around it okay okay so mostly it turns out to be food <laughs> 
<laughs> the main thing yeah, is food yeah basically. yeah and then yeah you find out where local people hang out you know things like that hmm. so uh, google helps a lot i google like anything right okay so uh, i look for local hangouts and then yeah what all at least i'll try to cover one or two tourist places to get all the souvenirs yeah okay and uh, also i do is check top 10 things to do and i'll try to do at least one of them so that you know okay. when you come back you talk to people so you have some reference okay okay so uh, do you guys use any specific apps or any particular like where where you do your bookings for me mostly i for bookings i use hostel world because like at least for international trips and all uh, it is a budget thing hmm. in this phase of my life i can just like do with hostel world other than that uh, airbnb sometimes but i still prefer okay. hostel world to airbnb because of the cost okay okay and uh, usually go through a lot of reviews on tripadvisor more than anything okay. uh, because you get a lot of information from there right how about like lonely planet and stuff <laughs> lonely planet for the pictures and like to know the main destination <laughs> yeah for in depth things like the local joints you need to visit all okay. that you get in like reviews on tripadvisor okay actually for me also it's mostly uh, look for either booking booking.com or uh, hostel okay. both i think even booking.com will look for hostels only okay. yeah because internationally i think hostels are quite good if you go out in a mm. lot of places and also budget yes, friendly yes. right and also you meet a lot of people so you interact mm, right you kind of find out what they are up to and then that's how you find out yes. how you want to explore the place yes right? yes and also uh, apart from that like in japan they have a lot mm. of these local apps which we were using okay so before that we did some research because a lot of things right like the japan is a completely different place mm. uh, so they use their own apps and their own uh, in their own languages right so these things you found out after you landed there uh at least for international we need to plan something so okay. we go, we research a lot okay so you found what are these apps yeah, and then yeah, you... yeah. okay so yeah okay. so we like we are well prepared before we are landing in some other country okay that's interesting guys uh do you feel like as designers you tend to pay special attention to aspects like architecture wherever you go yeah yeah of course like architecture is like a big part when it comes to travel even when you think about a city like when you come back from a trip and you think about a city like architecture is like one of the thing that comes into your mind right. and also when we went to japan we stayed in like this bamboo paper houses wow. and that like you understand that it is a very earthquake prone area so also it has a lot to do with the culture when i went to bergen there is this brigan their houses are built of wood okay. and because usually in that area all the houses are like that they are they are lighter mm. and they are okay. easier to build okay. and easier to maintain all these things so yeah mm. so weirdly both the places right san francisco and japan they both are like earthquake prone areas suddenly <laughs> so, i realized <laughs> <It's> interesting yeah, <laughs> yeah. because the kind of houses they build are okay. yeah, yeah 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 they are basically bamboo and wood uh, houses mm. yeah so yes other than food what i also do a little bit research is uh, about the architecture influences and design history of that place to get context uh, what happens is i end up walking in all these streets of suburban areas to see mm. how people live and uh, how their daily lives are yeah yeah not the like predictable places where tourists are yeah. hanging out so uh, it's interesting uh, smaller lanes like if you go to kyoto and you walk in those uh, mm. smaller lanes It's very interesting to right. see uh, those houses and people living there and sometimes mm. also imagine like how it would be to live there. Yeah, yeah. That gives you a perspective. Yes. 
Do you also look out for museums and art galleries and stuff? For me, I would love visiting like museums and art galleries only because it sometimes you don't know everything about that place. When you go to a certain like mm. a museum or an art gallery, you usually know the culture and the history about that place. After that, when you visit, it makes a big difference like knowing about that place and then experiencing it. Right, it gives you a lens to kind of look at the whole place, right? Uh, I'm also a museum of file, if that's a word. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love going to museums. Whether it's in, even in Bangalore, like I, I go to uh, that NGMA or uh, this Venkatapa Art Gallery. Right. When I went to San Francisco, I had this in my mind. I have to go to uh, MoMA. That's right. That is like right. every designer's dream. Right. Again, a uh, place like Mission District in San Francisco, there people make murals all around the place. So that okay. area itself has become a museum. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a different context and it's really interesting to go around and see those things. Yeah. So it's not a gallery yeah. gallery, but yeah. it's definitely something you yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. As a designer, right? Uh, and mm. who loves type? I get to see the right. San Francisco Museum of Books. Sounds really yeah. interesting. So uh, when I went there, some book binding workshop was going on. And yeah, okay. and, it, and they have like full letterpress, everything, and the whole machine and everything. And they're actually using it. So it was like, a, I was like a kid in a candy store. I was so excited to wow. uh, be there at that time. So did you also have a go at, uh, at the machine? No, they didn't. Oh, okay. I remember I was at Minneapolis. This was for work. Uh, but I went to a gallery there called the Walker Art Gallery. All the exhibits they had there was like performance art, which I, <laughs> I, I don't always connect to. But thankfully, they also had like a section where they were teaching all these kids to make little books and they were drawing. So I ended up spending the time at Walker Art Gallery sitting with the kids and drawing. But, uh, museums, like I remember more the Science Museum when I was there and uh, I, there's like I think five or six floors of like, all these fun things to do with science and it was like you need maybe three four days if you really want to hang out at each place nice. yeah even I'm a museumophile <laughs> um, so Dinu you were telling me something about what you call the designer's pilgrimage yeah right? <laughs> so basically whenever uh, I go anywhere the first thing is to go to a stationery shop yeah okay that is like a designer's pilgrimage to feel at yes. home right <laughs> pens and paper and what not right right so one interesting interesting thing about japan is like they uh love stamps like till date they love stamps okay so, uh, if you are visiting japan anytime soon you should like carry a book uh, which is only dedicated to collecting stamps to each and every place you go so mostly 90% of the places you visit will have a stamp that they will put on your like notebook so that you can like it can be like a memento like okay so the stamp is like the souvenir yes, of the yes. place every small temple or every restaurant or every shop you go like will have a stamp so okay. we didn't know this before we so went but like once we were there we figured out lots of Americans yeah. are getting books and taking stamps in <laughs> different places so it's very interesting to see that uh, Japanese culture they write it with those brushes right I think that diary is called Guzaimas or something uh, yeah okay. so that you get so what you do is uh, after that stamp right you can also give it to the uh, monk there and they'll uh, sign it for you with that brush wow seeing them doing it it's like very beautiful experience okay and all of them write well yes obviously <laughs> isn't that amazing <laughs> yeah they are like if you know how to write in Japanese, you're already... <laughs> 
you know, yeah. doing calligraphy. But the whole thing looks like an artwork. Okay. It's very beautiful. Wow. What kind of stuff did you bring back for your stationery collection? Like? So I got back like origami papers. Wow. Cutouts of things that you can attach together and make a 3D structure out of it. So, so yeah. And other than that, I like got a lot of yeah. pens, pencils, brushes. And how much of that do you guys use? Is a whole other. There's a whole other episode. <laughs> yeah. We wanted to know re- about like designers and the stationery. <laughs> I remember yeah. after that conversation we had. What? Uh, what is that line you uh, said? Yes, the line is "Don't be stationary with yes. your stationery." <laughs> Like in Japan, right? So they have this store called Hitoya. Okay. It's a six, seven stories building and mm-hmm. every store is dedicated to one particular thing. Okay. So let's say one store, one, I think uh, basement is all about calendars. Yes. Mm. It's only calendars. Then, okay. uh, yeah, then one floor is all about color papers and they have wow. like a huge wall of color in, uh, arranged in gradient. Like oh my goodness. Where, wherein <laughs> you can, uh, so it's like samples been put and you can take the sample and ask for that particular paper. Wow. It just looks amazing the way they have uh, done the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I think it was our last day in uh, Tokyo and we had like planned so many things like we'll go here, we'll do that. Like, you know, last day shopping. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. went to Itoya and we spent the whole evening in Itoya <laughs> and then we... <laughs> So the planning yes. goes for a toss. <laughs> Once you see a stationery, we left the store when they were like closing. Like yeah, <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's great. So anyone going to Japan should check out the Itoya. Is that what it's called? Itoya store. Flagship store is in uh, Ginza, Tokyo. Okay, they can okay. go and check it out there. So we were also talking about uh, the Kochi Biennale. <laughs> I, I think that's how we say it. Yeah. So um, I enjoyed that a couple of years ago. Are there any like art or design festivals that you have traveled for that you want to travel for? Again, bringing design and travel together that way. So uh, for me, though, I am from Goa. So usually okay. there are a lot of things that happen in Goa during other festivals. Like during a film festival, there will be some uh, design show that is happening. So usually I have been introduced to like there are individual uh, designers mm-hmm. uh, who come and like exhibit their work and all these things. Yeah, for me, uh, that is the best combination, travel and design. Like mm-hmm. if we can... Uh, travel for such things and uh, two things which I can really think of is uh, one is what you mentioned Binale that Mm -hmm. Kuchi Binale and other is uh, Design Yatra by mm. that curious right. which is very interesting to see uh, you know everyone coming together and celebrating design and everyone is all enthusiastic and showing yeah. awesome work yeah. and party because generally design community is not very big in India mm. so when you see each other at one place it's like a family right. there's a connection you can t- like you can talk to design with anyone yeah, about yeah. these things that is interesting and again you come back with stationery <laughs> right <laughs> oh my god the amount of stationery <laughs> they give like amazing goodies yeah that's how Half the reason you go, right? Let's yes. be honest. <laughs> <laughs> True. And Kochi uh, Binale, I've uh, attended like two of them. Mm-hmm. And I think one we went together, right? Right, right. It was very yeah. interesting. Yeah, interesting experience. Because uh, generally, uh, the way we are introduced to art is in a very classical term. And uh, we think mm. art is classically beautiful and, you know. Yeah, it takes a lot of effort and, yeah, and, and then, then we can appreciate it. We uh, Generally, people only appreciate uh, something like a landscape or uh, something which right. resembles or which is already there. Right, like, right. Uh, uh, it's very difficult uh, for uh, general people to appreciate abstract art or things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, since we studied it, uh, studied design, so we are exposed to those kind of things. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yet, when we go to Binale, right, it, it just throws me off my balance. 
like you see the things right like, like right, this is right. also art yeah and uh, you know you it makes you ask questions yeah and uh, the nice thing about it also is that it is making art accessible to general public yeah. and they are seeing it right right like yeah. whatever their impression is that is a different thing but yeah. this uh, binale is making them aware of like these kind of things are there right and also the whole layout of it right like it's not all of it just in one place yes. yeah it's yeah. like spread out all over uh, yeah. fort kochi and then so it's like the perfect combination like you said you're traveling you're walking around you're yeah. maybe shopping and then you're like hey there's an exhibit here let's go right so right. it's yeah 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 and then great food also here yes that's there, what so. i was going to say amazing food you have so yeah yeah everything all the good things in one place um are there any any local crafts like for example there's we know there's wooden toys here from chennapatna uh, mahabalipuram has all these stone sculptures Is there any specific crafts that you have seen? For me, what I can think of is in India. I've been to Odisha twice. Okay. So yeah, in the Puri district, every region has mm-hmm. uh, specializes in particular kind of craft. Okay. There's one uh, place which only does applique work, and they make amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, if you go to a little bit uh, ahead. you will find people doing uh, pattachitra okay. so so and and it will be the whole and they'll tell the whole story in it mm-hmm. so there there's one village the whole village does that okay. and then yeah wow. so then you go to another village and they the whole village works on metal that is one place where i uh, i was like totally inspired and so rich in craft like you can go to every village and you can see something and the people are very right. nice there they are very open inviting people and all excited to show their work hmm. like norway what i noticed was people do a lot of things like in terms of uh, doing specific things i didn't notice anything as such but like people are very chilled out chilled out like they are the kind that would like to enjoy and be happy and just party in the evening <laughs> yeah that's a whole but craft other- of its own <laughs> <laughs> but but other than that, I uh, like visited uh, this uh, ex photography exhibition. There are lots of photography exhibitions. There is okay. this place called Photographica uh, where I went, uh, where a lot of this uh, contemporary photo mm-hmm. photographs and all are like featured. And that place again has like a huge uh, stationery shop. <laughs> so like I spent I spent more time in the stationery shop than I spent in. <laughs> We just come back to uh, stationery. Yeah. We just like whatever it is. Let's yeah. just. But other than that, like specific to a certain region, no. Except so uh, in the heart of Copenhagen, like in the middle of the city, there is this place called Freetown Christian, uh, which is not like under the pol the government as such. Uh, so what? So usually that place is known for like a lot of uh, marijuana smokers and all these things. But uh, but other than that, they are very much into like art, and you'll see a lot of uh, like uh, there's this lady where we went, and I bought some T-shirt and all there. So she gave me this uh, map of the entire place. It was like a proper map. but that map uh, you like you can fold it uh, in a way that you can like clean your stuff and then you can cut some okay. part of the map and make a roach out of it you can use it for like three four different things that that map so that it's map is well it, it's a really nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Copenhagen is known like for design and all these things, like like small small things they do. They like really put their brains into it. Like you will not notice it when they look there the first time. But like yeah, I think that's the beauty of Scandinavian design. Yeah. Pretty understated, right? Yeah. Yes. You guys were also talking about some things you learned, right? Uh, because of traveling and how that's changed you in some way. it has been a like a huge influence on my life uh, also i have made up my mind that every at least every 6 8 months i will plan a, a international trip or something will go somewhere far you i have not learned uh, any foreign languages as yet but uh, i make a point that i learn some verbs just before i go 
Like I don't remember them now, but like just before I go on a trip, common verbs that they use like mm-hmm. eating related uh, to eating, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or like greetings, like thank you, hello, mm. all these things. So I just keep a note of those. Also, right. I keep a note of uh, some like when I went to uh, Paris, I made a note of a lot of food items. I I've realized that I'm now open to a lot of cuisines. Uh, I when I first went to Thailand, I was re- little reluctant eating all these insects and all, but now if I go to Thailand, I will try. <laughs> Yeah, so okay. a little more open to like even before back in school or back in college, if I had to think about eating fish raw, I would never try it. But now that I have had so much of sushi and all, like it doesn't matter. Like it would be normal like for me, even if I have to eat sushi at home or like <laughs> yeah, yeah. making for me. Yeah. The culture shock factor is like yeah. you already. So it's it's just about crossing that that line and then like figuring out like it is not it is normal only. It's like normal food. Right, yeah. right. Uh, also, this time when I went to Scandinavia. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I learned was that it is it is about keeping yourself happy, no matter what the situation. Like if you want mm-hmm. to be happy, you you make a point that you are going to be happy. Like usually, what happens in those parts of the world is for more than six months, it's it's all dark, and right, then you right. hardly get like three or four months where you have sunlight all throughout the day. And that right. is when a lot of the the Danish uh, and all they all like come outside, and you see a lot of people outside. Mm-hmm. Usually, mm-hmm. they are on vacation. They take less like less hours of work. Because they right. usually work in shifts. No matter if it is raining or if it is gloomy or what it is, they are still happy. Like you will right. see people going with their small kids. Uh, like they'll they'll be carrying their kids and walking around, and then suddenly it'll be start it start raining heavily, heavily. Right. Right. But it'll be sunlight, so they will be they'll still be outside. Not it's it's not like they'll it go and stand like at the side. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't bother them at all. Like it will be like they they don't even know it's raining. Like they're outside, they're outside. Like they're still in that same conversation they were having before rains <laughs> and after. Like it's pouring heavily. Especially in Copenhagen, uh, mm-hmm. they, in uh, uh, Denmark, they have this term called uh, hygge. So it's pronounced like hygge or something. Basically, it is about enjoying the good things in life and with the good right. people around you. So, so anything like, for example, they say that uh, taking a bicycle and roaming around, roaming around mm. is is huge. So, so things like that, like or enjoying a nice uh, plate of freshly cooked fish is huge. So, okay. so, so things like that, and they they keep using this term every everywhere you go. Like they'll say that ah, huge, huge. <laughs> Okay. But you know what that means? <laughs> yeah. So even like having a cup of coffee with your friends is. So, so basically, it is it is about that time, uh, where it is the time of like the midnight sun. So usually there is one period where it is completely dark, where you see the northern lights and all, and then mm-hmm. there are these three four months where you get sunlight. So that part usually people are outside, and that part is about enjoying the good things in life and like being outside partying. Every time we travel, right, we pick up something or the other. Right. Whether you travel locally, like cool people are really famous for their hospitality and their food, so you pick those things up. Then mm. uh, something which I'm not good at, but uh, still learning is to have small talk. So mm. that yeah, so that uh, US is very famous, at least in California. So even if you are uh, going to buy a grocery, mm. you'll have a small chat with the guy at the counter. In India. Such things will not happen. Yeah. Right? So that uh, I've picked up, and also something, uh, especially after Japan. So I, we, while we were traveling in the train, I saw one this elderly guy. So he, uh, he wanted to pull the uh, window blinds down. So generally, how we do here is just take our hands out and just we'll pull it down. But uh, he stood up, and with the whole uh, gesture and everything, like how we call it nazakat in uh, Urdu. Right. Right. Yeah. 
with that he pulled it down it's like he's giving respect to that object mm. it really affected me when i saw that and it's a public property like it's not even mine that something has changed because now i the way i use things the way i see things right even it's mine or you know like somewhere outside there's a new respect to uh, all those small small things i think it's good you guys went into like so much of depth because i was going to go to the question about uh, how traveling has made you a better designer uh, i know it's like a really deep question but do you want to try and answer that <laughs> Uh, in terms of design uh, japan and uh, going to scandinavia like they're like huge in terms of design and uh, mostly like very minimalist design at least in japan wherever we visited every place was branded in a like a different manner oh yeah yeah so like nagano everywhere we went uh, they were either beetle nut that uh, some chestnut chestnuts chestnut mm-hmm. restaurants had chestnut logo then uh, okay. like government like this traffic uh, things had chestnut logo then they had made characters out of that chestnut then we, we went to this one place where we went to see the snow monkeys and all then the entire region was again branded with and really nicely branded like right. like effort was put into it into like branding that place because of that specific like importance yeah that that mm. place has so i think every place uh, like the in japan every city has something like kagoshima we went it was famous for uh, volcano, volcano. Right. so so they have a volcano in everywhere including uh, what do you those pothole covers yeah let's even those things are uh, properly the, done and that is very common in like japan everywhere all throughout japan all those the sewage lids you can see and know which place you are in <laughs> so yeah in in that manner like for brand in terms of branding and all like if you go to such places like you really get inspired in the kind of work they do and how every place is like uh, designed uh, cool yeah uh, it feels like cliche to say that uh, travel opens up my mind it makes it easier for me to like, you know accept and understand people who do who do not share like the same values and same lifestyle like me right uh, right. right so i think uh, that is very important in design to understand someone else's perspective yeah right uh, and what happens is uh, you know we generally end up working in cubicles hmm so it's very easy to uh, you know get inside our shell yeah yeah it's also uh, like at least in office when you're doing the same kind of job again and again and again after a point you really get bored it is all about like getting out of that place and just being happy for a while and then coming back with yeah. a, like with a better mood <laughs> to like right right yeah. so very cool so, mo- <laughs> so, so even the problems you think of are like problems from you sitting in that <laughs> so it is not <laughs> because, it is right? not just about like sitting in office like like if you have a mental block you would want to like just get out and then come back after a while and then yeah. so it is it is just about taking a longer break and then coming back and then trying right. out something new right. yeah right. and each time if you're looking at some new place or new people or new culture it kind of it's a whole other kind of reset right yeah 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 even our uh, vocabulary uh, as a design vocabulary also increases the more things we see right and then we apply those things to our work yeah cool so i'm going to ask you guys for some uh, travel uh, resources and then maybe i'll put it down in the blog for this episode thanks a lot guys for doing this thanks for uh, having this us this has been fun there a lot of <laughs> long stories we went into which is really yeah. cool and uh, so uh, where can people find you on the world wide web yeah. me uh, yeah. so, no, i'm there on instagram 
ओवर I think Dino and Rohan have given me some good ideas about how to plan my next trip. Also, I really feel like design interventions such as trip planning apps have made it much easier for us to see the kind of places we are interested in. Yeah, also in terms of connecting and communicating with people, uh, especially where language is a barrier, uh, it seems a lot easier today than it would have been say 20 years ago. Uh, yeah, for example, sure. uh, Google Translate allows you to point your phone camera at signs, and it does a live translate. Uh, this really makes you feel less lost. Yeah, and I even came across this company called IconSpeak, which has designed a T-shirt with travel icons, so you can just point to what you want instead of struggling to communicate in the local language. I don't know if I'd want to get one. I f- would feel a bit corny walking around in that, wouldn't you? Well, you never know. It might come in handy if you're dying of hunger or you're completely lost, right? <laughs> yeah, speaking of icons, I really found it fascinating to note how a city brands itself. Of course, there are the more obvious things like how the architecture might be specific to a certain place, but literally have cultural logos designed to be stamped onto everything is something I've never come across before. Yeah, it's such a huge opportunity and responsibility to be able to brand an entire city, right? It's also a fair point to say that while these visual aspects are awe-inspiring, it's the experiences like the time Dino got to observe the art of bookbinding, where you actually do something to immerse yourself in that culture. Travel is way more than just the photographs. Yeah, that's so true. Uh, it's also about those things we bring back, like say a paper coaster we liked from a cafe, or a well-designed subway map. Also interesting that uh, stationery seems to be uh, our equivalent of souvenirs, and uh, this really seems to be a global phenomenon with designers. When I use a particular paper, I think of all the times I visited the Pondicherry paper factory, and that's become a regular over the years. Yeah, there are just some places that become favorites, and we like to keep going back there. Hey, listeners, do you have an amazing travel experience to share? Has anything you saw or did impacted you as a designer? And are you going off on a design pilgrimage sometime in the near future? Tweet to us at Design Lota, and we'd love to hear all about it. You can find references and the complete transcript for this episode at designlota.com. We'll be back next week to talk about the life, challenges, and dreams of an Indian design student. Until then, bye.